Isn't church fun? Man, and I love this. This, You know what we're going to do? We're going to just jump right into this. If you got your Bibles, <clears throat> we're going to get right into this. And we want to welcome you, those that have... If you've never been to Impact Life Church, well, you kind of get a little sense of what we do around here. We got a school. We license and ordain. <laughs> we love Jesus. We love the Word of God. But more importantly, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you can get so caught up and now this is my church, this is what we do as a church, and that's good, but I never want to lose sight of we're here for a bigger purpose, and it's the kingdom of God. What we've called, we're called together as a family, and we, we truly believe here. If, you're, if you walk through these doors, you belong here. God has a place for you. God has a, um, a space for you, like we heard even this, this morning. You belong here, and God wants to use you. There's gifts on the inside of you, and I'm just thankful that He's called this body to be together. Man, and who are we? We're those that impact generations for Jesus. Well, if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to just basically tie up what we've been doing these last uh, seven weeks on why isn't it working, and I want to relaunch again next week, just talking a lot more about the parable of the sower. And we're going to jump into that because that's, that's good. That's, that's going to rock our socks a little bit. Uh, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we talked about a couple weeks ago, really this one word called Reconciliation. And this word is the very heartbeat of the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Good news. Too good to be true. It actually, the literal Greek says it's jumping up and down good news. That's what it is. So what are we as believers, as Christians? We have jumping up and down good news. So I want to encourage you, if you, if you haven't jumped up and down lately, you haven't seen the good news lately. Because when you recognize and realize what, how good God really is, you can't help but just... Woo! This is good. It's too good to be true. And then you and I, we are called to this gospel. We're called to preach this gospel. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it kind of ties this whole thing in about reconciliation. And so let's read it in verse 17. We'll pick it up. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, aren't you glad anyone? Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Yeah! And the crowd goes wild. And it says, all of this, all of this what? This old life is gone. The new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God was given, has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. Now, just wait before you go to verse, sorry, go back to 18 for a sec. It says, all this was a gift of God who brought us back to himself did you have to do anything to get brought back to God? Well, you had to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But there is no acts of your work. There's nothing that you can do to get closer back to God. God Himself, through Christ, has brought you into this right place. Man, that's good news. It's not religion where you're trying to work and trying to, oh, if I can just get, you know, the, if I could just stand before God, if I could just be as, you know, if I could just be holy, then I'll, I'll get to where God is. No, 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 no. It's nothing to do with external. Everything about Jesus and God is all internal, working itself on the outside. Verse 19 said, it says, for God was in Christ. Now notice this, what was God doing in Christ? Reconciling. Everybody say reconciling. This is what he was doing, reconciling the world, not Christians, the world to what? To himself. No longer. This is what Jesus did. You read through the Gospels. This is exactly what Jesus did. God was in Christ, and Christ was reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. 
That's what he was doing. He showed it over and over and over again. Who are the only angry people that, that, this, that Jesus was encountering people's sins against them? The religious people. Religion will always get mad. Oh, that person did this. It's not about that. It's about what Jesus did for us. And it says, and he gave us, say us. Now, who does he talking about? He's talking about the church. He's talking about you and I, born again Christians. You don't just go to church. You are the church. And he says, he has given us this wonderful message. What are you and I? We are message carriers. That's the greatest weapon that you and I have is we are, we have, we have a message that we possess. We got a possession. You got a testimony. You have something. God took you out of this and put you in here. That is a weapon that you can use. Man, you can start sharing that with anybody. What will happen? People's lives could be radically changed just by you sharing what God did in your life. You are a messenger of reconciliation. So you see those guys that have turn or burn signs? Ignore them. That's not the gospel. The gospel isn't if you don't turn, you burn. That's not good news. <laughs> the good news is God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. People are putting stuff, such an emphasis, oh, if you don't, no focus on this is what he's done. That's awesome. Then verse 20, it says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now go back to verse 17 for a second. There's just a phrase that I love this. But you look at verse 17. There was a few things that we talked about. You and I, we got reconciled back to God. There was four things that we discussed. Number one was is that we got reconciled back into a relationship with God. And from that relationship, this is the very root of this whole thing, is that when I got reconciled back to God, now I can do these other three things. I have, I have opportunity to walk in this. I can now live at peace with my brother. I can be reconciled this way to my peers. I have, I'm now able and I'd be reconciled. I can live a pure and a holy life. Now, why would I want to live a pure and holy life? Because according to Matthew 5, 8, that when you live and you kind of get your inside taken care of, you live this pure and holy life, you're able to perceive God. You're able to see Him what's going on on the outside. It's not just be a holy, be live good, live right, because that's what Christians do. There's more to it than that. It's not a religious thing. Be holy because He is holy. You're, you're able to do this now. And fourthly then, is that you and I, we are now capable and able to live a God kind of life. God has reconciled us back to the way of living that He has originally intended for us to live. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Man, I can now live that. Now, I don't want this just going to be, oh, that's all christian words. Don't let that become familiar to you. You and I are now called to live the God kind of life. The Zoe life. Life before sin, what it even looked like. You and I, you see Adam and Eve, how they live this life. We are called to go back to that again. It's amazing there. Right? So that's what God did for you and I. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and talking about this new life, it says this, the old life is what? Is gone. This includes our old identity, our old life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works to please God, our old relationship with the world, and our old mindsets. We are not reformed or simply refurbished. We have been made completely new by our union with Christ and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You didn't get healed spiritually. God had to kill that old man. So what did he do? He put Jesus on the cross, put all the sin of past, present, and future on Jesus. Then he killed that man so that when Jesus rose up, Jesus is called the first born-again man. What defeated hell? A born-again, spirit-filled man. Who are we? 
born again, spirit-filled people. So what can we do? We got the potential to defeat anything that hell tries to bring us. Hello. That's amazing. Jesus defeated all of hell, everything that Satan tried to do. How? By, he became born again. God raised him up and he was reborn. Well, that same life that Jesus got reborn with is the same life that I have. Woo. Now, what is this new life? A new life has begun. You have to learn this new life. You have to relearn it. The old life is completely gone. It's completely dead. So when frustration comes in your life, in Christianity, it's because you are trying to live this new life with old mindsets. It does not work. This is a brand new lifestyle. This is a brand new work that God did in you and I. We have to change our way of thinking from how it was in our old previous life to now coming here. And that's what it's called the transformation of the mind. Romans 12.2 says you've got to be renewed. Right? New way of thinking. So to the world, our message is come back to God. We would say get born again. You have to be born again. Now to the church people, what do we got to say? Renew your mind. Now it's time for you to enter in this process of changing the way that you think so that you can be transformed from the inside out. And that's what this whole thing is all about, is living from the inside out. Now, so let me just quick example. The old life, this is kind of the mindset that it has, is I got this. I can take care of myself. My plan for my life is good. I'm okay. I actually just had a conversation with a guy yesterday. You know, I, I don't really need church. I don't really need... It, it's not about what you need. It's about what he said. I, I don't really care what you need or what you don't need. It's what did he say? Oh, I'm a believer. I just... You know what? Church, I just don't find any... It, no need for me and my family. Oh! Come again? Why? Oh, you know, I, I worship my own way. Whatever that means. That usually just means let me sleep in. I'm going to do my thing. They have a certain mindset of how they, I got this. You're kidding yourself. <laughs> you're setting yourself up for a disaster. Second thing is, I think that, oh, if you think that you're the source of your finances, you're the source of keeping yourself physically healthy, you're the source for keeping yourself with a sound mind, you're kidding yourself. If you think that you're the source of having a good family or being the best spouse or being the best parent, you are kidding yourself. If you think you're the source of your eternity and that your works are good enough to please God, you are kidding yourself. There's no way. There is only one man who can satisfy. There's only one man who can take care of all these needs that mankind has. And his name is Jesus. It's Jesus. There's no such thing as a self-made man. Oh, I worked hard for my job. I earned my living. I earn, you earn nothing. Every good gift that God has given us came from Him. Every good gift comes from above. Now I want to just show you this illustration that I did yesterday. And I got an actual piece of paper this morning that will help. Now, this here, I'm going to use this example. Uh, this is Eric right here. This is my brother Eric. I'm going to pick on him for a sec. But Eric's, you know, he's so bored with his life. He's so fed up with his life. Life is just blah. Right? And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to go buy myself a ship. So he goes to Sylvan Lake and... That's the closest body of water that we got around here. And all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to a ship. Is this not a piece of paper? Okay. My, I, I, arts and crafts were very difficult for me as a kid. My mom can attest to that. My cutting skills were atrocious. Is this, is that paper? It's the same. Okay, it's the same. Okay, yeah, there it is. There we go. I need an isosceles triangle. All right, so all of a sudden, there's this sail ship. And he's like, you know what? If I just get a ship... Man, everything will be so much better. I can blast the tunes. I can put Shine 90.5 on. And, zzz, 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 zzz. 
And he, you'll see him, he's laying on the beach and he's doing all this thing. And all of a sudden, he's, laying, he's been on Sylvan Lake for about two months and he's like, I'm fed. This is boring. I've, this isn't enough. So what does he do? He decides to get married. Gasp. <laughs> Which he is in about a couple weeks. But that's not, this, this is a totally just a story. Okay, this isn't real. <laughs> That he's like, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get myself a nice house. I'm going to go build this sweet house. I'm going to go build in, man, it's going to be huge. I'm going to have a two-story home. I'm going to put all my cats in it. It's going to be great. I got my Lego room, and I can just, you know, do Lego stuff and all this, right? So <laughs> it's a nice house, right? You can see, you can see it now. He's, he's went from sale to house, and now he's thinking, okay, I got a Lego room. I got nice lighting. I got my cat room. I got Nutella and white bread. I should be good. I'm just giving you a window to his life, minus the cats. All right. <laughs> I have to do this before he gets married. All right. So then he's just like, ah, you know what? This, this house thing ain't really working. So he's like, you know what? This isn't good enough. I'm going to go now, and I'm going to travel. So he's like, that's it. I'm buying an, an airplane ticket. And Eric, where are we going? Uh, we're going to Australia. Good eye, mate. And Eric flies over to Australia. Takes forever to get there. 24 hours later, bam, he is in Australia. Steps off the plane, sees all these massive spiders and goes, this was a big mistake. I don't like this. <laughs> Toilet water goes the other way. I, I cannot do this. And so he's fed up. He's frustrated. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to just rip the, the wings off this plane. And I'm going to make a spaceship. Because he's going, you know what? I've been playing Lego long enough now. Star Wars Lego long enough now that I can actually make my own uh, ship, the Jedi ship, and I'm going to go to Hoth, <laughs> and I'm taking off, and pew, off he goes to Hoth, and all of a sudden he lands there and goes, nobody speaks English, right? <laughs> so you can see he's trying to fill this void. He's saying, I got this plan. I, I can figure this whole thing out. Meanwhile, he's tried all these different things and nothing can satisfy because there is only one who can satisfy. And his name is Jesus. Arts and crafts at his finest right there. So, so what is this new mindset? Rather than, okay, I, I got this. I got my life all taken care of. What is my mindset now? God is the source of my life. That has to be a switch. Because as long as I think I'm guiding, I'm the Lord of my life, I got this, you're kidding yourself. you got to make that mind shift and go, okay, God, you are now the source of my life. If I need happiness, if I'm looking for joy, if I'm looking for peace in my life, it's not going to be through someone, through something. It's not going to be trying all these other things. They will leave you empty. There is only one that fills. And so I have to recognize, God, you are the source for everything in my life. And we looked at this a couple weeks ago. I encourage you if, you, if you're interested in this, go back through April and May. And this is what we've been talking about. God is my source. We went through Genesis chapter 2, and we saw God operating and working on behalf of Adam and Eve. What did he do for them? He provided everything. So if God is the provider, who am I? I'm the receiver. You and I, we, are the, we should be best receivers. It's not about what we can provide for ourselves. It's what we can receive. Did you know the only, you are limiting God to the degree that you only can receive? Think about that for a sec. God wants to give you everything. He gave you Jesus. If He gave you Jesus, what's holding Him back from anything else? He gave you the best of the best. 
So if he gave you Jesus, he'd give you anything. How come I'm not seeing it? It's your ability to receive. You're still trying to provide for yourself. You're still trying to make things happen. Stop it. That's not who you are. You are a lousy Lord. In fact, you stink at being Lord. Let's just put it that way. You were never designed to be a Lord or a God, so to say, over your life. That's not who you are. What are we? We're actually to be under rulers, under shepherds, under rulers, under Him. That's who we are. Right? So the mind shift has to change that is going away from this. I can take care of myself to now going, God, you are the source of my life. And in James 1.17, I love this scripture. It says this, whatever is good and perfect, let this renew your mind. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father. <laughs> Who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we out of all of creation became His prized possession. Man, prized possession. When you have a prized possession, what do you do with it? You take care of it. What God prizes, He takes care of. This morning, as I was just getting ready to, for church this morning, uh, my boys, they, we're, we're, we like to get up early. It's just nice. <laughs> it's just the thing that we do. And uh, they were, so they're outside. They're on the trampoline real early. So I, our neighbors love us, right? They're, we got a basketball hoop on the, on the trampoline, and they're going, and they're like, Jason's pretending it's Space Jam. He's Michael Jordan, and he's beating the Monstars, and he's got this whole thing going on. So you, you can hear it. And I actually was upstairs. I was looking down from their room into their backyard, and I can just hear my two boys laughing and Jace calling the shots. <laughs> I don't know how the game's going to be played. Okay, you're going to be the, the purple monster. I'm going to be Michael Jordan. i got to step on your head. Like, it's the whole... He's trying to reenact the scene. No, I don't want to be stepped on. But I kind of ignored all that just to look at them. And it just gave me such delight just to see my boys enjoying this life. Now, they are, in natural sense, my prized possession. They are a gift from God to me. So for myself, when I look down and I see my boys on the trampoline, loving each other, having a blast with a gift that we bought them, it's one of the greatest things in all the world is just to see them have fun. Now, how much more then, that's just a natural limiting thing human-wise, how much more our Heavenly Father, who looks at you as prized possession, wants to do good things for you? That's His desire. That's His will. But as long as you and I are playing this Lord game of our lives, He can't get in there. He's got no access. What does He want? Complete and utter surrender. Okay, Dad, I trust you. That's what He's looking for. And we talked about that as well. Stepping into the attitude. What is the attitude? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Is it those that have read the Bible the most? No, it's those that have a childlike faith. A childlike wonder. Those that would just simply go, Lord, I trust you. I, I, I trust you. I don't have to know all the ins and outs. I just know that I trust you. He loves that. That takes great pleasure in him. And you can, for just, if those are taking notes, script references are Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 4, and Matthew chapter 11, 25 through 28. And we also discussed, I got about 10 more minutes here, we discussed everything in our life is about our roots. Everything about this life. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says this, Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Yes. You're in my life. We are geared towards following Him. That's the key to victory right there. As long as you and I, we are in this place of we are behind the Lord, it's going to be okay. Even though all hell may break loose, I know that I'm following the Lord. It's going to be 
Okay. It's going to be good. Right? <laughs> then he says, verse 7, let your roots, say roots. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then, everybody say then. Then, then your faith will grow strong. People look at, I want strong faith. How do you get it? First and foremost, let your roots grow down into Him. Let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, why are we focusing so much on our inner life, getting the inner world taken care of over the outer world first. There's three, there's three reasons. And the first reason is this. Because what's in my heart will manifest in the outer world. What's on the inside of me is going to come out. We went into great depths and detail in this last week, so I encourage you to listen to that. It's on our website if you want it. But what's happening inside is going to come out. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So what's determining the course of your life? Is it those that have made decisions out externally outside from you? No. What's happening then? What's, guard, what's setting my course? What's charting my course? It's what's going on on the inside. The second thing we looked at was God looks and works with the heart. That's what He operates. And I'm going to read you just two scriptures. 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says this, that uh, God is speaking to Samuel, the prophet, and he said, The Lord doesn't see the, way, the things that you, the way that you see them. People judge by an outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks to the heart. Second Chronicles chapter 16, 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Where is God looking right now? Heart. What is he doing? What are his eyes doing at this exact moment? Searching for hearts. That's all he's looking for. I think it's amazing. It says in, the, in, in Acts chapter 13, God speaking of David, it says he saw, he saw David. He found David, a man who was after his own heart, who would do all that God had said and would fulfill his agenda. Think about this for a sec. David was a man, and we know his past. He had committed adultery. He had murdered. He'd done a lot of nasty things that we would look at, yet he found grace in the Lord's sight. How come? Lord, don't you see what he did? Didn't he do this? Because according to Old Testament law, doing these types of actions, he should have been brought out of his kingdom and stoned to death. Yet he tapped into something that hasn't yet come yet. He tapped into the age that you and I live in called grace, forgiveness, mercy. And what did he do? He brought it into his life and said, Lord, you are merciful. And because of his heart, God forgave him. Think about that. Everybody else should have been killed. Yet he found grace because his heart was right. It's all about the heart. So if you be thinking, oh man, but I did this and I messed up that action. No, no, no. If you can get the inner world, you get your heart right. Lord, I want to do right in your sight. Lord, I want to be found faithful towards you. I want, to be, I want you to look at me and go, there's somebody I can use. You're after my heart. You're after my ways. I can use you. So don't count yourself out yet. You're thinking, oh man, I screwed up this. No, no, forget about it. Oh, you can make a heart adjustment. You can, you can change. You can make that shift. And if you're finding yourself, oh, I don't really, I really have a heart for it. Well, get one. How do you start doing that? You can start speaking to yourself, Lord, I, I want a heart for God. I, I want to fall in love with Jesus. So that one that it doesn't take eight songs to get you involved in everything. Right? It should just, the moment you take in the first time to... Hands can go up. It shouldn't take 25 minutes for you to go... Okay, okay, okay. 
You know, back in the early days, you know, when the church began, you see it in Acts chapter 2, what really was is the church actually came to bring something. The kind of the wrong mindset is, I go to church to get something. You are the church. When we come together, we come to give something. Right? We're always prepped. We're always ready. Why? Because the greater one's on the inside of us. So it's another little shift. That was just for fun. Anyways. Another one is, so number one was because everything that's on the inside is going to come out. Number two, because God looks and he works with the heart. That's where he works. If you don't like some of the stuff that you're seeing in your life, change the inside. That's all that it is. And we're going to talk about how you do that. Number three then is building my private life will benefit me in this life and in the life to come. We need to have an eternal mindset. Because what I'm doing now, as I'm spiritually developing and I'm spiritually growing on the inside, it's not only going to benefit me here on this earth, but it's going to benefit me when I get to the other side. Because listen, as believers, as Christians, how you live on this earth determines how you live in the next. So I don't know about you, but I want to be everything that God's called me to be here on this earth so that I can be everything that He wants me to be up there. Okay. That makes sense? Okay. So again, we went over last week, how do I build my inner life? There's two things we talked about. Number one is, listen carefully to the Word. We're listening. We're not just reading the Word, we're letting the Word speak to us. Let the Word talk to you. So it's not just me sitting down and I'm reading Scriptures. No, it's me stopping and letting the Word speak to me. The Word is talking to me as my eyes go over it. It's talking to me always. And Scripture references again was uh, Proverbs 4, 20-23, Mark 4, 24 and 25. And then the second one was praying in other tongues. Last weekend, 11 people got filled with the Holy Spirit and all spoke with other tongues. Yeehaw! The devil was mad that day. Oh, yeah. We're going to make it matter and matter still. That's what we're here to do. You get filled with the Holy Spirit because according to what Scripture says, when you pray in other tongues, you're not speaking to men. You're talking directly to God because in the Spirit, you're praying out mysteries. Verse 4 in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. Some of you have been hitting up tongues this past week. All right, there's three woohoos. Man, this isn't, this isn't something to be ashamed of. This is what we do. This is who we are. God needs a tongue-talking church. That's how the early church began, and that's how it's going to finish. Tongue-talking churches, that's what He needs. Right, so what do we do? That's what we do. We spend time praying in other tongues. Why? Because it's not our brain that's praying. It's our spirit that's praying. It's heart-to-heart -heart connection with God. So as we spend time praying in other tongues, according to what Jude says, we're actually building ourselves up in our most holy faith. We're rising up like an edifice higher and higher. And then what we're able to do is we're able to see what God sees from a higher spot. Tongues elevates you to a new level so that you can see things that you couldn't see way down here. But up here, oh yeah, I, I see that. And you can start calling things in. You can start speaking to that situation. Listen, the God will even show you the, the game plan that the devil tried to throw at your life. Oh, he's trying to do this. Oh, no, I see that. What? That's a stupid move. I'm gonna, I'll just avoid that. You can just start speaking on that. But it comes by praying in other tongues. That's how you build the inner man. Now, what we want to finish off here is, what is my inner man to be rooted and grounded in? So Ephesians chapter 3, I want you to turn there real quickly with me. We're going to take the last few minutes that we have. But you and I, we got to be rooted and grounded in something. Rooted and grounded. When I say rooted, it's really talking about our inner life. 
Right? Roots, again, they deal with the unseen. You can't see your inner life. The only way you can see your inner life is what you see externally. This is the fruit that I'm producing. Okay, this is what's going on on the inside of me. It's good to become aware of what's happening on the inside of you. I believe that word is cognizant. That you're cognizant, that you're, real, you're aware of what's going on. Why, do I, why am I feeling this way? What's, what's going on? Not that I'm following my feelings, but feelings are a good indicator to kind of go, what, what's going on in here? Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why, why, are they, why are they asking me this again? Why, do I need to, why does that frustrate me? Just really good to understand what's going on on the inside. And so as I'm praying in other tongues again, I can process some things. But we got to be rooted and grounded in something. You can't be rooted and grounded in your last name or rooted and grounded in your job or rooted and grounded in this is what I'm good at, my gifts and my talents, or I'm rooted and grounded, I'm a real good people person. We're not rooted and grounded in some of these giftings that we have. There's got to be something that you can't see that we got to root ourselves in. The way that I kind of demonstrated it even last night was I remember going to Maui, Jamie and I, when we, were, we went to Maui on our honeymoon, 10 years ago almost, man. And, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, we went to this beach called Big Beach. Anybody ever been to Maui and to Big Beach? Waves are big. <laughs> and I remember we, we got there. And uh, so Jamie, of course, my mom, so gracious and so wonderful. I'm so glad she did this. She bought my wife a book for our honeymoon. Yay. So guess what Jamie was doing? Reading. So Jamie's off on the beach, doing her thing, reading a book, catching some rays. And so I'm basically looking for friends to play with me on the beach. No, nobody to be around. Jamie, do you want to come try this? I'm good, I'm good. You just, you just go ahead and just play a little bit. So uh, gratefully, there was actually one other couple there. So I made friends with a guy who's from Chicago. So actually, I remember, remember the guy because he's like, man, our wives are reading a book. This is lame. I said, want to play? So I just, <laughs> just throw water at each other. <laughs> no, you're it. <laughs> no, you're it. And so, I, so Eric, I'm going to help you out. No books going for your honeymoon. All right. But anyways, I remember just like getting in there at one point because like literally I had, you know, Chicago guy left. And so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm putting my feet deep into that sand, right? I'm just trying to get as far down as I could go. I almost got past my knees. I got just underneath my knees. And I remember all of a sudden one of those big waves come. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter. Guess what? I'm rooted. Did it hurt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bam. Oh. Just takes you right out, man. I remember you fall right back and come back up kind of in the days and then you're trying to get out of this and it's just dangerous but this is what we got to do we got to get so rooted and grounded in the love of God that no matter what wave is hitting you no matter how, even when the good times come in it's not like oh it's because I did this this and this no 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 I'm rooted and grounded in something and we're going to find out here it is the love of God so Ephesians three fourteen it says when I think of all of this Tell me what everything that God's done for us. I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of every, everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength. Everything God is inner. People are constantly looking, God, do this on the outside. He wants to change the inside so that the outside doesn't happen again. That's just wisdom. God, I need more money. No, it's not more, more money. You need, to, you need a heart of understanding. You need to see what God sees. Because when you're able to see what He sees, yeah, He can be able to get more to you. But if He just kept giving it to us, why is it that people that win the lottery, they got $55 million, woo they lose it within the first five years. It's gone. Why is that? Mindset. It's all a mindset. They don't know what to do with it. 
If you had it, what would you do with it? I don't know. That's why God's not able to get it to you. Because I'm not seeing it properly. You can pray and confess. Oh, we got millions of dollars in. Until you know what to do with it, forget about it. Everything starts on the inside with him. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even as... Oh, man. Seriously? Yeah. Because when you got your soul prospering, guess what? More will be added to you. More will be coming. Why? Because it's an inward job. <sighs> anyway, verse 17. It says, Then Christ will make his home where? <laughs> As you trust him. And then it says, Your roots, your inner life, roots, your insides, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. How come you're feeling weak? How come we see a lot of wimpy Christianity going around? They're not rooted in the love of God. Listen, because we're going to find this as we study the parable of the sower. As you see this, the word goes forth and immediately the enemy is after that word. Immediate. You're going to hear this and all of a sudden right afterwards there's going to be an opportunity for you to lose it. What we're just talking about here right now. Why? It's because the enemy is after that word. So he's going to throw persecution. He's going to throw trouble. He's going to do everything that he possibly can to snatch the word out of your life so it's unproductive, unfruitful in your and my life. That's his desire. That's his will. But if you and I are rooted in the love of God, it keeps you strong. It keeps you unbending. It keeps you from being offended. Holla. Okay, verse 18. And it says, may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able. He is able. He is able. Say it with me. He's able. Come on, say it. He's able. He is able through His mighty power at work within me, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I like other translation. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in me. Then it says, Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is what He's talking about. But behind all this, John 59, Jesus said this before he went into the cross. He said, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. What does it mean to remain? You live there. You dwell there. This is where you always fall back to. This is what you always go back to square run. When things go chaotic out here. But I know this. God loves me. I'm loved by God. I lost my job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God loves me. And from this position, I start to think. From this position, I start to process. From this position, I even can hear the voice of God. Because what happens when these things start coming out? How am I going to fix this? And you're trying running all around all doing these things? Go back to your roots. Go back to your roots, which is God loves me. 1 John 4.18, it says, Such love, this love, this God kind of love, has no fear because perfect love expels. Other translation, it drives it out. All fear. Say it with me. All. All, all fear. Fear of failing. Fear of death. Fear of 
lack of finances, fear of relationships crumbling, fear of anything like that, it gets rid of it all when I go back to how much my God loves me. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows, now notice this, if we are afraid, now recognize this. If you ever feel afraid, recognize it. Why am I afraid? Why? What's going on? Well, he clearly, he slaps us in the face and tells us what it is. This shows that we have not been, we have not fully experienced this perfect love. You can say, oh, God loves me. Yeah, I know that. So why are you afraid? Well, because of this, this. Yeah, but he loves you. Yeah, I know that. But this is what's going on. You, you haven't fully experienced the perfect love. Because if God loves me, he's got my back. If I have fear for finances, it shows me that I haven't fully received his love. If I got fear that my kids, I don't know how they're going to grow up. It's fear for this. I don't understand how much and how deeply God loves me. i got to get my roots back into this. So how do we get rooted in this? Let me encourage you. You go onto your concordance or you go on the internet on Bible Gateway and you write in that top box, God's love. And you can find out all the scriptures that talk about God's love for you and I. And you start thinking on them. Let it get inside your brain. Let it renew your mind till you start seeing going, He loves me. Because listen, when you know that He loves me, it changes, as Amy even said this morning, it changes everything. It changes everything. Your life can be all rocky and all shaky, but the moment you find out that God loves me, it takes all the way, all the pressure, it takes away all the insecurity, it just dispels all fear. I remember when Jamie and I, when we were even planning to get a... Uh, Aaron, you want to come up for a second? When we were working on... I don't know another better way for it, but getting pregnant. Uh, the doctor had said a few times, like, yeah, there's, there, there's nothing wrong with you guys. It just it could be that, yeah, eggs aren't fully developed. They're, they're, it's, it's just past time. Every time we got that report or something like that or somebody said something, you know, it always comes and, you're not pregnant yet? Yeah, shut up. Like, let's... Uh, people will just say not not bad hearted they just talk just saying these all this always constantly and so what happened we had to constantly go back to the root what's the root god loves me ha huh, okay so from this and i just start thinking and meditating on it god loves me you know and this is the scripture that the lord constantly led us to i'm going to read it to you romans 8 and verse 32 it just says this Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? It's a rhetorical question. Yes. If he gave me Jesus, would he give me children? Yeah. No question about it. If he gave me Jesus, would he bring peace to my family? Absolutely. If he gave me Jesus, do you think he could take care of my financial need? Yeah, absolutely. But it all goes back to knowing and understanding the love that God has for me. You know, in this same chapter, 1 John, I encourage you, do a study in 1 John. All of it talks all about the love of God that He has for us, but that we also show to one another. But He says in, I believe it's 1 John 4, 16, we know and believe in the love that God has for us. This is the root. So I'm supposed to parent from this position of God loves me. This is how I'm supposed to be a husband. It's from this root. God loves me. Because when I understand and I got this thing here and I'm established in it, I'm able to go through anything. There will be no such thing as divorce. 
If people were rooted in the love of God, you couldn't even get to that point. Why? Because I'm rooted in the love of God. Well, they said something that really hurt me. Yeah, but I'm rooted in the love of God. Yeah, we, we can fix that. We'll mend that. But that's not going to throw me off. Come on now, church. We got a lot of wimpy Christians out there. Jesus called us to go out there as kind as dove, but as crafty as serpents. We're not just doormats for the world. We're here to take over. But in order to take over, we got to be rooted in something. Because listen, there is an enemy out there that's here to steal, kill, and to destroy. There is an enemy that's trying to shut the church down. That's his whole agenda. But guess what? He can't. So you and I, rather than always letting anything just blow us over, and this is the tough time that comes, and tornado after tornado hits, and just, oh, God, why is this happening to me? It's you're not rooted in something. You're rooted in what's happening here. And I promise you this, this will change all the time, and you're going to be up one day, and you're going to be down the next. You're going to be up, woo, yeah, praise hallelujah, this is good. And the very next day, you can lose it and go, oh, dear God, hell broke loose, and let's just end it now. It's horrible life to live. But when you're rooted and grounded in love, what happens? You start to live like this. Constantly steady. Constantly stable. Paul said this in Philippians 4. I learned how to be abased. I've learned the secret to living. I've learned how to do this. And what is it? I I know how to live like this because his roots were in God. His roots were in his love for him. So this morning, we're going to just, we're going to sing this song. We're going to go back to the basics. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. This is the truth. This is the reality. I have this big picture in our, in our living or in our dining room that just says, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I constantly look at that just to remind myself that I'm not rooted and grounded because of what I do here, my job. This, that's not what's going to keep me strong. When I'm a pastor, everything should be better. That's not how that works. <laughs> because I have a little piece of paper that says ordained minister of the gospel doesn't make everything just go woo everything's just yeah it's a party yeah everything's all good oh praise God no I have to be rooted in something before I'm a pastor I'm a person so as a person Joel Housing who am I what do I got to be doing what's my identity God loves me what do you do for work oh I do this really that's what you do God loves me that's my identity you see that okay so let's all stand up for a moment and I want to just do, I want to be in a receiving mode. So if you could just lift your, lift your hands, just open up your hearts to him. And this is what Jesus said before again, he went to, went to the cross. John 15, 9, in the Passion Bible, it says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Now hear that, church, for your own self. I love you with the same love that the Father loves me. So you must continually let my love nourish your hearts. You got to let it nourish it. Your heart needs a refresher. It constantly needs refreshing. And what's the only way that a refreshing comes? Is by letting his love just soak over you. It's supposed to be experienced. It's supposed to be known among us. So as we sing this song, I don't want you to look around. I know it could be, oh, this is what kids sing. Yeah, there's a reason why kids sing it. We want to get this foundation on the inside of them from a young age. Because when you know Jesus loves me, this I know. Guess what? (laughs) I'm not going to have to join a group in order to find love. I'm not going to have sex in order to feel love. I'm not looking for anything else in order to supply me with the love that God has for me. Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so. This is my root. What are my roots? Jesus loves me. What are your roots? Come on, what are your roots? 
What's your identity? Who are you? He loves me. I'm a child of his. He loves me. So let's go ahead and let's just sing that. Jesus loves me this That's the way that God does it. But the reason He heals you is because He loves you. The reason why He fills you with the Holy Spirit is because He loves you. The reason He saved your life so that you're not going to hell is because He loves you. That's the whole root behind this whole thing. So if you've got physical pain that you're dealing with right now, that's trying to attack and latch itself onto your body, I want you to just you lift your hands right now and just receive His love. And in that love, is the healing power of Jesus. It's flowing through you now. Father, I speak that over everyone that has their hands up. In the name of Jesus, we declare healing over every body that's here, over every household that's represented here. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you take your hands off these precious people. In the name of Jesus. And the love of God nourishing their hearts, strengthening their bodies. If you got things going on in your mind, you got some mind issues, you got it's having a hard time controlling this whole thing. Let the peace of God that passes understanding let it let it settle on you. How do you do that? You think on God's love for you. He loves you. So we speak peace in Jesus' name. Peace over minds, peace over thoughts, peace over hearts. Peace over homes in Jesus' name. Oh, take a deep breath. A fresh wind. I know that by the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Just a freshness. 
a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit coming in, just resting on you. Come on, you've got to receive it. If you're finding, okay, can we move on? You, you haven't gotten it yet. You've got to expand yourself even more. God's ability to give is based on your ability to receive. And again, it's not working trying to receive. You just simply let God in. God, you love me. Thank you. And now, according to what Scripture says, when you get rooted and grounded in this, the only proper response is thankfulness. So can we just take that for a moment? That, those of you that just received healing in your physical body, that's everybody. Let's just raise our hands for a sec. Don't try to feel it. Don't try to see, did it work? That's not your job. Your job is just to say, Lord, I trust you. You're the healer. I know you heal. I know that's who you are because you love me. So let's go. Let's just thank him for a moment. Father, thank you for healing the bodies that are present that lifted up their hands. Thank you, Father, that you bring peace to those that are broken. You bring peace to those that have, may have confusion. You are the author of peace. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, you lift your voice to him for a moment. Let God hear your voice, but at the same time, let that situation hear your voice. Let's show that situation who's in charge here. Let's show that pain that's trying to come on your body. Let's show it who's in charge here. Oh, we're in charge here, and we're allowing the love of God to sweep over our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Healing is flowing now. Healing is flowing now. Healing is flowing now. Thank you, Lord. It's flowing through my body. It's flowing through my marriage. It's flowing through my life. It's flowing, it's flowing, it's flowing. It's flowing, it's flowing, it's flowing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It brings restoration. Oh, yeah. In mind. Now, your back's not up against the wall. Your back's not against the wall. Aha. You got a place to move from. My God loves me. That's my root. That's my source. My God loves me. Thank you, Lord. He's making a way where there doesn't seem no way. Thank you, Lord. Trust, trust, trust. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Come on, let's just give the Lord a praise for a moment. Now we just thank Him for His love. There's times that we can stand and all, then there's time to praise. Now let's just, come on, let's lift our voice. You lift your hands to Him. That's the proper way to do it. Jesus, we magnify You. We lift up our hands without wrath and doubt. We trust You, God. Come on, You stir it up on the inside of You. My God loves me. And since my God loves me, He's for me. And since my God's for me, who can be against me? Nobody. What do we do when all hell breaks loose? I go back to my roots. God loves me. Say with me. God loves me. Again, God loves me. Woo! You can tell that in the face, you know what, that's what even Job said. He said, at the, at the sight of famine and destruction, I will laugh. Now you think that's not a proper time to laugh. But when you understand God loves me, that's the perfect time to laugh. You count it all joy when trials and persecutions come against you. Knowing this, that the trial of my faith is producing something in me. So, man, when I go through stuff, but I, there's a, the reason I'm excited, joy is not me just, Whoa! that's not what just joy is. Joy is actually knowing something. 
And when I know something, it causes me to react a certain way. I know God loves me. They say that you can't be healed of that. God loves me. Ha, ha, ha. I know too much. What is cancer to God? Listen, I remember even hearing about a testimony. God's got spare parts in heaven. There's a whole room. Spare parts. What do you need? Kidneys? New lungs? What, what is it to God? The devil tries to put you in this box. And, and even doctors, and they're, they're great. We thank God for them. But sometimes you can take the report and you may see, okay, I'm in this box now. Uh, this is what's going on in my life. I can't get out of it. you got to go back to your roots. God loves me. And let those walls come out of your way. And the Lord gave me a word last night. We're not stuck anymore. Come on, some of you got to get unstuck a little bit. you got to, and at the same time, even unstuck from yourself. In order to praise God, you know, sometimes you got to get ugly for Jesus. And we've kind of been a little bit too, you know, you know, I don't know what this is. Maybe it's just Canadian white or something. I, don't know. I mean, you got to just, ah, let this thing out. It's expression. Does anybody need, just need a moment just to do that? Let's just practice it for a sec. Can we do that? Are you okay? Can we just take 30 seconds just to express our thankfulness? You know what it is? You know what that is? It's fear. That's all that it is. It's fear going, well, what are people going to think of me if I get excited? Nothing. I remember hearing this from Pastor Lori. If, if you really understood how much people don't really care about you, you'd actually need to go to counseling. <laughs> they don't care. But let me encourage you. This is one of the reasons God has access. He needs your voice. He needs access point. Give him something to work with. Right? It's not just, okay, God, I believe you. Man, it, it starts somewhere. If you have just an urge to lift your hands, an urge to kneel, an urge to run, you got to just obey it. Let, the, let him have access. I've seen people run a lap and get healed at the same time. I've seen it happen. Don't tell me that, okay, this is how God heals. It's like this and then it's like this. He can do it however he wants to. He's the healer. So if he tells you to run, do it. I'll, you know what? I'll even help you. I'm going to just move this out of the way. So you don't hurt yourself and then we'll have to pray for you. So let's just take 30 seconds here just to practice it, just to be free from ourselves. Lord, we come before you. Go ahead, Lord, we praise you. Thank you for your love. He loves me. He loves me. My God is for me. Who can be against me? This is what he said of me. Oh, we bless you, Lord. God, you lift your voice. Give a shout of praise. We magnify you, God. Yourself a little bit.